So this morning, um, I, I have the, the pleasure of, of speaking with you. I have the honor of, of bringing uh, the word with you this morning. And so um, it, it's, it's a good one. I, 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 actually, I actually connected with this one a lot because um, um, it, it's, it's something that God dealt with me and, and just kind of dealing, dealing with my heart. And so um, my, my lovely wife is, is, is sitting right here. And I, I tell you what, there is no one that can make me as happy as she does. You know what I mean? How, how many of you fellas like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? There is no one that can push the buttons and really get me to that spot like this woman right here. And all the fellas said, amen, amen. Hey, don't shut me down when I'm preaching. It's all right. It is all right. <laughs> because they hold a dear place in our hearts. Amen. And, and I say that. I say that to, to make the point that if you spend any time around people, you, you're going to have conflict. That there is going to come a time when you will be in disagreement and, and there's going to be a conflict of what you believe, how you think, the decisions that you think should be made. So to kind of pro- to prove that a little bit, let's, we're going to do a little, bit, a little bit of a survey, a little instant survey, all right? So, so how many of you guys are, Mar- or, and guys and gals, how many of you guys, ladies, are, are Marvel fans or DC? What is it? Marvel. Okay, okay, okay. I heard a little bit of both. A little bit of both. All right. in and out or Whataburger? Oh, yes. True Texas in the house. Yeah. Yes. Longhorns or Aggies? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Water burger. Oh, oh, Dr. Pepper. All right. I, I thought she said Waterburger. I was like, okay, all right. Somebody really loves Waterburger. <laughs> I myself, I think, I think Dr. Pepper is is is, is uh, uh, nutrients from the gods. Myself, but I, I I don't know. You know what do I know? Okay, here we go. I, I, I don't don't get upset now. Android or Apple? <laughs> Heard a lot of Apple, a few Androids. It's not, it's not too late for you guys. It's not too late <laughs> that's it that's it all right all right arriving early or fashionably late <laughs> oh jesus we're gonna pray on that one right there oh my goodness gracious man it is good to be you guys so so obviously you're sitting around a bunch of people that that you actually you disagree with there there's there was disagreements all around and they they think totally different than you do. Obviously, taste buds and preferences. In fact, some of, some of them are in direct conflict to, to your closely held beliefs. If, if we go deeper, we have those, those deep conversations. They have uh, completely different perspectives than you do. In this room alone, there's values that, that are clashing all over the place. And we, we're in a series called Real Relationships. And, and I've, I've, I've personally, I've enjoyed this, this series. And if, if you miss any part of it, it's been so rich and so good. And plug into the podcast. Um, I, I, I got a little bit of a drive on the way to work, so I take advantage of that time. And it's been a blessing because most times I was just kind of trying to keep myself awake, falling asleep, going to work, or, or you know, just listening to the radio. But, man, ever since I kind of plugged into some of this stuff, it, God has just really been kind of dealing with me and digging some things out. Man, and it's been amazing, so I encourage you to do that. Um, we've been talking about how, how we, we want to establish, we want to walk in, in real relationships 
And we want to walk in those real relationships the Jesus way. We, we want to allow the, the, the Bible to guide us and, and lead us in, in those real relationships and through those, those relationships that we have. And just Jesus summed it all up when he said, love, love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and that's, that's tough to do sometimes. That's tough to do sometimes. You, you ain't got to say amen. It's all right. I know. It is tough to do sometimes. But this, this, is, this is the thing. You can't love God effectively without loving people. And you can't love people effectively without loving God. So we, we want we want to walk. We want to look at that this morning and, and God just come and fill us with your love. So I, there's there's a concern that we're, we're adopting values from our culture when it comes to conflict. Reality television should never be. The standard should never be the gauge, should never be the measurement of the, the way the people of God deal with conflict. The vindictive political rancor and, and the hostility of the cultural wars cannot be the primary influence for how Jesus' people deal with conflict. And, and we can get drawn into that so quickly. I say we, we can be drawn into that so quickly. Just here in, in the simple survey that we took, we had, we had different, difference of opinions, different preferences, and, and it was okay. It was good. How do we carry that? How do we carry that through everything? In, in, in the line of work that I work, I, uh, uh, I, I deal with a lot of people. And, and in, in, even in this room, there, there are some of us that are conflict avoiders. There are some of us that are, that are conflict enablers. And then there's a few of us that are conflict lovers. But disagreements are a part of life. And, and, and I say that because I think it, it, as, as I look, I deal, with, I deal with a lot of men. and I, deal, I'm, I work in construction, and so I, I oversee a, a group of men, a, a, a large group, all the subs. I'm a superintendent, so I deal with, like, a lot of the subs and sometimes the foremans and their men. And there's, there's a lot of different attitudes and, and, and mindsets and thought processes and, and just the way, the, the way guys show up on Monday. There's a big difference from the way guys show up on Monday and the way they want to leave on Friday. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, Monday, they don't want to be there, but Friday, they're ready to go. They have to well, come in with a smile. Friday's a very easy day for most of us, isn't it? But I, you, I have to, I, I've, I've, I've see, I can see all three of those people in myself where, where I, I've, I've been a conflict avoider. Where it's, it's, and I think that's me most of the time. I'm, I'm kind of easygoing. I'm, I, I like everybody smiling and be happy, and it's good. It's all right. Let's just figure this out together. But, but there are times where, you know, I may have a little bit of that attitude, and, and, I, and I, I can like, okay, well, you, you want to you argue about this? Let's argue about it. You know I mean? I'm going to win anyway, you know what I mean? So, uh, right? And, and, and then, you know, and, and then sometimes just for fun, I'm like, man, go, go get him. Go get him, man. Don't, don't let him tell you like that. Don't let him talk to you like that. Come on, man. So, so I, you know, I, I can see a little bit of myself self in all of them. But, but how, how, do we, how do we get to a point? And how do we want to look at that this morning? And, and whether, whether you're in either of those three categories, we want to say, God, I, I want in, in whatever I'm at, whenever I'm dealing with conflict, I want you to be seen. I want you to be heard. I want, I want you to be understood. And I think that's great. 
In our culture today, we're, we're dealing with, with the idea that, that poisons the very existence of healthy conflict. Almost an oxymoron, right? But, but it, it, it is. So you got to get your wires out of here, so come on now, brother. <laughs> healthy, healthy conflict. The idea is this. Culture says, if we disagree with someone, I do not love them. That, that, is, that is in direct conflict with what God is calling us to do. Culture says, if I disagree with someone, I do not love them. This is one of the most destructive concepts within our culture. It, it's stolen the idea of what love really is. It, it love, love has become synonymous with agreement. Well, if, if you don't support me with my decisions, then, then you don't love me. Or if you don't agree with me in my political point of view, then, then we can't be friends. Or since you don't agree with the lifestyle I've chosen, we obviously can't be friends. I think it's foolish to think that we can't love someone and disagree with them at the same time. Can I, can I say that again? I think it's foolish to think that we, we, we can't love someone and disagree with them at the same time. Let's walk down that journey, figure out how we do that. You don't believe me? The clearest example is parenting, right? Do you always agree with your kids? <laughs> Emphatic, no. We're going to pray about that, brother. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It happens most often in marriages. Do you always agree with your spouse? Mm. You got to say it like that, some of y'all. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Pastor Brent's going to have a long line Monday. We're going to put a bunch of emails Monday morning. We need to talk. We need to talk right now. <laughs> and it, it happens, it happens in, if the relationship is good. It happens in, in friendships. All relations, all relationships fight, but good relationships fight clean. Bad relationships hit below the belt. Good relationships press for good solutions. Bad relationships press for personal victory. It's about me winning. I said it before, all relationships have conflict, but but a good relationships, good relationships, they work through it. Why do some couples grow old together and some grow apart? Because they work through it. Why do some couples forgive easily and some hold on to grudges and grow bitter? Because they work through it. Why, why do some relationships survive and others fail? Because they work through it there you go you getting it why do why do people struggle with conflict at work but others seem to never be phased because they come on now why do some people seem to be consumed with with their, their teenagers or, or friends issues contrary to facebook and instagram and others don't because they come on hashtag blessed hashtag god's child Come on, hashtag unfazed, 
Hashtag TBTBS. Too blessed to be stressed. My goodness. You know, Christina and I, we've, we've, I've, we've been in, in 21 years of marriage, and, you know, we, we really don't have them knock out, drag out fights like we used to when we were younger. I think we're a little, little older now. We ain't, got the, we ain't got the energy for it. Oh, she will. Oh, I ain't going to lie. But, you know, recently she was, she was coming at me on her hands and knees. Yeah. She was telling me, get out from under that bed and fight like a man. Yeah. I said, no way. No way. I, ain't want, I don't want none of that. And all the brothers married to Latin women say, amen. <laughs> God, Lord. Here's, here's, here's the lesson. Love and conflict are not polar opposites. Love and conflict are not polar opposites. In fact, they're, they're often dancing partners. If, you, if I love you, then there will come a time when I'm, dis, I'm going to disagree with you. There will come that time. And if you love me, I hope that there will come a time where you must disagree with me. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. If your enemy is the first to point out your flaws, you may need to check if you have any real friends. We all need a best friend. We all need that good friend. We all need that friend that's going to be honest with us. Because sometimes we need somebody to tell us, okay, I need to be your best friend right now and tell you, what I, what's really going on, right? And sometimes we need to be that friend that says, hey, can, can we have a conversation? Can we talk? Can, can, can we just kind of take a drive? Can we get some coffee? I, I, need to, I need to talk to you about what I see going on in your life. We, we have to have those. We have to cultivate those relationships. And in order for us to have those relationships, we have to allow people a little bit of space in there, right? We, we, have, we have to open that door and, and be able to trust and trust that person to see, see who we really are. See me beyond Sunday. Hey, God bless you. Love you. Man, it's great. Everything's great. How you doing? Man, it's great. Blessed, bro. I'm blessed. Hashtag too blessed to be stressed. We have to, but, but the, we have to cultivate that relationship. We've all got to learn how to deal with conflict the right way. Because here, here's the truth. Good relationships are not an accident. They don't happen accidentally. Proverbs 15, 8 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Proverbs 29, 21, 9 says, Better to live on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Why y'all didn't laugh at the first one and you laughed at the second one? Why you didn't laugh at the man, but then the woman, like, because they know it's right. Because the word is true. Amen. Proverbs 17, 14. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drops the matter before 
So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Floods happen when a tiny little break in the dam or the smallest area of the river brink. They, they happen in the smallest ways. They start in the smallest ways with just a, just a small hole. The root cause of conflict, if, if you know the reason conflict begins, you have a better chance of dealing with it in a healthy way and nipping it in the bud before it gets out of control, before the pinhole becomes a flood, before the dam breaks down. And so we say, what causes it? I mean, what, what, what can cause this conflict? Well, if, if we think about it, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you ain't thinking, well, I know what causes conflict. It's sitting right next to me. But the reality of it is it differences. Poor communication. Hurt feelings. Unmet expectations. Pride. Selfishness. Jealousy. These things, these things cause conflict. With a spouse. Relationship with your boss. With your kids, with friends, schoolmates. James 4, 1 through 3 says, what causes fights and quarreling among you? Don't they come from your desire that battles within you? You, des you desire, but do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you have asked with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. We want to say it comes from them. We want to say it's their fault. We want to say that they, they need to be fixed. Or they need to fix themselves. But God says, actually, I want to start with you. I want to start in your heart. I want to start in your life. I want to start in your mind. I want to start within you. Don't they come from the battles that rages inside of you, the, the, the what we just read? We say something around, we say something around you, you've probably heard it many times, not just here. Hurt people hurt people. Because we are at because we're at various stages in, in the hurt that you've experienced and hurt that you carry. We must acknowledge our own capacity to hurt others. So often, what one hurt is just the beginning. And there's something that happens after the initial conflict, after, after that, that initial wound. And it's, it's, it's called secondary offenses. And those secondary offenses can make things worse. It comes after the first offense and the second or even the third that reinforces the violation, the original one. Often, it's intentional. You become convinced that the motives are the other, the, the motives are, are the other persons are truly heinous. Listen, situations. You, you have a rough relationship with a coworker. You aren't asked to join a project. You get hurt. But then you find out later on that that person had no choice in who, was, who she chose to be on the project. You fight, you fight with a neighbor about a fence, about something. And then you don't get invited to a party. 
And later on, you find out that the invitation actually got sent out, but it's it's still underneath your refrigerator. You have a fight with a friend over something small. You send them a text. They don't answer. You find out a few days later that they're dealing with maybe some cancer in their family. A disease, a big hurt, a big problem came up. And there there comes clarity. These second offenses where unintentional or accidental things happen to set you up for being offended or being hurt or being upset. This is one of the devil's best tactics. It's a strategic move to capitalize on our fears and our frustrations. We jump to conclusions that that are incorrect because we're driven by unfulfilled expectations or anger or or rejection from that original hurtful or whatever it may be. So what should we do when we've been hurt? How should we respond as Jesus followers to bring God's fullest healing? Jesus gave us the way to deal with the conflict among ourselves. And make no mistake. We have to actively practice it here. You agree with that? We we have to practice it right here amongst ourselves. Before we apply, before we try to apply this some, anywhere else in, in, in other relationships, this, this is a great place for this to start. This is a great place for us to have understanding and peace and love and patience with one another. It's a great place for us to be, for, for us to have humility towards one another. And in, in, in as, as we walk through these things in our lives, to walk with each other, to walk in relationship with one another, to encourage one another, to stand for one another. But so often, we don't, we don't follow this instruction. We, we, tell, we tell our prayer groups, we kind of we tattletale to the pastor. We post a long diatribe on Facebook that's general enough to not really say what you're saying or, or let the person know you're talking to who you're talking to, but you are, you're able to get it off your chest a little bit. Come on. Matthew 18, 15 to 20. Let's see what the Lord tells us here. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work, work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest. And try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church. And if you won't listen to the church, you have to start over again from scratch. Confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. Take this most seriously. And yes on earth is a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. When you say to one another, it's it is eternal. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. Isn't that good? And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. This is, this is the order of working things out with others in our church. It's so simple. It's so easy. Yet it's so deeply profound and full of power. 
courageous conflict is what I like to call it. It's a courageous conflict. It's stepping in and, and walking in what God has called us to walk into and trusting and believing that God is going to do something. Number one, the Bible says, go to them in private. Go quickly. Don't wait until later. It's a lot easier to do it at first. It gets much more difficult when you wait. Go to them. Don't text them. Don't email them. You, can, you can't tell tone and body language and, and have an honest conversation with, with, with texting and emailing. Is he serious? Is he joking? We don't, we don't, you don't know. If he's being passive aggressive, there's a difference between, there's, a difference, there's an even difference between the way girls text and guys text. I sometimes get these texts from my wife. They're like, they're like I have to keep scrolling. I have to keep scrolling. Got to keep going. Oh, you want me to bring some bread and milk home? I got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. And then I get home. She's like, did you bring the bread and milk? I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's us. That's us, right? And then guys are always like, Kay. My wife's like, don't text me, Kay. Do not text me, Kay. <laughs> In this world, just just go to them. Communicate how important that relationship is to you. Your relationships get deeper than they were before. This is the way God designed the process. Have the honest conversation. But it takes you being honest in order to have an honest conversation. It takes you being able to say, hey, um, I, th that kind of hurt me. Hey, that, I, I, need, I need to talk to you about something. It takes faith. It takes, the, it takes that, that willingness, that faith to step out and say, I, I want to have this conversation, God. Let the church, let the church help. Oh, excuse me, I jumped ahead. Bring one or two people. Go with people who will be helpful and loving. Not people that are going to be on your side. Important, right? You, you don't want that person to feel like you're ganging up on them. You want people that are going to be neutral. You want people that, that, that see the situation because obviously you're going to have to trust them enough to share the situation. Like you don't want that, you don't want that guy that's going to be like me like that one time. Like, man, don't let him talk to you like that. Man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If you told me something like that, I'll tell you what. Come on. We don't, we don't want that. Don't gossip. Gossip can be, it can be true, but it's still hurtful. If, if you're not part of the solution, don't become part of the problem. This is why couples get marriage counseling, because sometimes you need somebody else, and that's okay. And that's okay. Number three, let the church help bring peace. Take it to somebody in authority that can provide helpful leadership that requires a great deal of trust. That'll take time. We have elders here. We have staff. We have leaders that would love to help to do this. Just because you have conflict doesn't mean that relationship is unhealthy. Every relationship has conflict. And we're going to use Matthew 18 in this church. We want to have those conversations. What if our church, just think about that. What if our church started to, actually, to, to live this, to, to, to we, we implemented this into our lives? I, I think I think we would we would we would change we would change the perception of, of the of the community in Kyle. We're one chapel. And it comes from the prayer in Luke where where Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, Father, I, I make them one like you and I are one. 
so that people may see your glory, that people may see who you are. That's who we want to be. Number four, treat them like someone who needs repentance and love. The NIV says to treat them like a pagan or a tax collector. It kind of sounds like adversarial relationship, but it's not. That's a problem. It just means your relationship becomes more transactional. It, it becomes more give and take. It becomes a transfer of information, of feelings, of, of expressions, of communication. This is what this is what we're called. This is what we're called to live out in the church and in the world. This is the Jesus way. You guys come up. This is what God has called us to. And, and, and we, ha- we have to be careful. Because we, be careful on how, how we communicate, right? Because if, 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 if just like a text doesn't show body language, if we're, if, if we're communicating like this, it's probably not going to get the meaning across. It's probably, we're probably not going to be successful in, in what God has called us to do. But I, I love, again, how simple and powerful, yet deep and profound it is dealing with conflict. And if we just follow the word of God and we just, we just allow his instruction and his life to penetrate deep into our hearts and let it guide us, I guarantee you there will be change. The spirit of God cannot be somewhere and there not be change. When we establish ourselves in his presence, we are changed. This morning, as as we were worshiping the Holy Spirit, fill this place and as we sang God it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you and it was great and man as I was singing that I just I felt surrounded by the presence of God and in that same presence and the same spirit of God there may be something in your heart there may have been a situation in your life that, that you're, you're still reeling from, that hurt, that betrayal. God has the power to remove it. Do you believe that? But God is also a God of process. A God of a God of of walking in what he's called us to. I I could tell you story after story of how God did something just immediately, and it was amazing. And how the stories of prayer after prayer after prayer, and it was a process, and it was a process, and even in the end, it didn't end up like I thought it was supposed to. This is, this is not really what I was praying for, but I have to trust your process. I have to trust what you've called us to. I have to trust and know that I only see a minute part of your plan. But God, you have a plan. God, you have a purpose. God, you respond to our call. 
And so with, with heads bowed right now and eyes closed, if the Holy Spirit is, is just tugging at your heart, he's, he's brought somebody or something or a situation to mind, that's the Spirit of God moving in your heart. Would you decide this morning to just trust Him with it? Would you decide this morning to follow what Scripture says in Matthew 18? And, and let's just say together, God, you, you established my path. God, you, you established the, the Word of God in my heart. You established that process in me. I want to pray this together. All across this room, let's pray this with one voice and one accord. Standing by brothers and sisters, let's say, Father God, I give you my all. I give you my hurts. I give you betrayal. I give you problems. I give you all conflict. I place it at your throne right now. I place it at your feet for you to do with it what you will. Help me to remember this moment tomorrow morning. Help me to remember this moment the day after and the day after and the day after. Give me strength to walk in the process, Lord. Give me strength to walk in trust, Lord. I give it all to you. In the name of Jesus. And, we, and all together we say, amen.